Thank you, Matthew. Thinking about um, the time I was lost made me remember the time we went shopping for new furniture in Houston, Texas. And I always remember the name of this furniture store because I always thought it was an odd name for furniture. Fingers. I remember going to shop for a new couch when I was a little boy with my family and we were looking at one thing in this long hallway and I turn around and I'm by myself. Fingers. Never went back again. But I invite you to join me in a moment of silence as we enter a space of prayer together. So would you take a moment to yourself? Almighty God, we have each come here today searching for something. Whether it's peace, love, answers, quietness, relationships, or healing. Whatever it is we are in search of today, we pray that we find it in you. God, grant our weary souls rest as we complete another holiday season and begin to wonder what a new year has in store for us. As we move forward in time, may our hearts seek you out first. God, today we pray for Pastor Bob and Pastor Philip and their families as they are out resting and recuperating. For those seeking healing, we pray your blessing and care for them. And for those who mourn, we ask for your comfort. Today, we pray for the Rousewitz family. We pray for the Yearby family. We pray for the Goff family. As another wave of the COVID virus grips the world, we pray for healthcare workers and doctors, scientists, researchers, and public health representatives. Grant us all, Lord, the resilience to continue on, to love and to share compassion with our neighbors. And may we hold to the hope of the day we can fully reemerge. God, today we thank you for the gifts that this church received on Christmas Eve. May you steer and guide us in acts of benevolence in our community as we steward the many things you have given us. And we thank you for the small and great things that were shared with us yesterday as we celebrated another Christmas. Finally, Lord, I pray for everyone who makes up Huguenot Road Baptist Church. I pray for the children, the youth, parents and grandparents and families of every kind, our prime timers, our staff, our pastors. And we pray blessings over the CDC and the many families and staff that make up that integral part of our church. I ask on all our behalf for your guidance, your love, and your wisdom, O oh Lord. Bestow upon each of us this day a sign of your presence and may we shine your light in this corner of Virginia. We pray all these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
Our scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 41 to 52. Hear these words as we read together. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival, according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day, and then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. And when they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. And then he went down to Nazareth with, with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Let us pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be holy and pleasing to you. Amen. So yesterday we celebrated again the birth of Christ. And today we fast forward to reminisce on the time Jesus was 12 and headed off to the temple. It reminds me of a new quote that I have come to hold dear, that the days are long, but the years are short. When I was 12, and it was the day after Christmas, there was really only one thing I was concerned with. It was my newfound buying power. That's right, my buying power. After Christmas, I had spent time calculating up all the money I had received in gift cards and cash and checks from my grandparents, you know, the traditional $25 from one grandparents and then the other grandparents that loved you a little bit more, the $100 check. Compared to my birthday, this was the only time that I had anything in my wallet. Well, I would spend the day after Christmas wondering what could I spend my money on? How can I optimize these gift cards and the cash flow that has now come into my life? And I'd put it in my triple-fold black leather wallet, and I'd hold it, and I'd ponder, what am I going to do? Well, I remember this one time, though. Right after Christmas, I lost that beloved tri-fold black leather wallet. I remember I had gone to Academy Sports and Outdoors, where all the right stuff for all the right prices was. And there, I had spent a gift card. And I come home, whatever I had bought, had with me, and I had plans to go out later that night when my dad got home. And when the time came, I started to gather up my things, and uh-oh, 
where's my wallet? Go to the academy bag. It's not in the bag. Go in my bedroom. Start throwing everything around. Not there. Coat pockets, pant pockets. Not there. Not there. Dad comes home. Go to check his silver Ford Focus. Go through all of the little cubbies. Check all the doors underneath all the seats. That black wallet is nowhere to be found. Now, you know I'm desperate when I say, what if I call Academy and see if customer service has found it? Because there is nothing interesting about making phone calls at that age for me. Called Academy. Nothing. Got down on my hands and knees with a flashlight and checked the gutter next to where my dad would park the car. Nothing. Never found that wallet and never got to fully enjoy the gifts that had been given to me by imagining what they could become. Have you ever lost something consequential? An ID, a passport, a ticket, your computer, keys, wallet, a kid, a pet, a prized toy? What about something that wasn't even yours? As you picture something you lost, does it bring back the feelings you felt when you realized you couldn't find it? Today, could you retell that story leading with, remember that one time? Or is what you lost still a secret? Maybe today our worship leaders will lead a story one time. Remember that one time we were singing a carol and the software went out and we didn't know where we were, so we just sang what we knew? Y'all did a great job. It was all planned. No, I'm kidding. But losing something never feels good. And there's something else we lose that I think is pretty consequential. Relationships. What scares me about losing relationships is that they're rarely just up and gone. But more often, losing relationships is a slow, steady progression. They get misplaced through neglect, busyness, shallowness. Or sometimes there are relationships that have run their course and come to the end of their season. But I wonder if you've ever come to the end of a relationship that's caught you off guard. What about your relationship with Jesus? Has your relationship with Jesus ever been misplaced or lost? And what does it take for us to realize that Jesus' presence is not as intimate and close to us as we want it to be? When do we know that Jesus is on a different page than us? When do I know when Jesus is on a different page than me? And when do I go searching? What I know to be true through my own experience is that whenever I go searching for Jesus, I find him in the unexpected place. Searching for Jesus leads to the unexpected. And in today's scripture reading from Luke, I wonder if Mary and Joseph felt that way about where they found Jesus, that their search for him led them to the unexpected. At one point in time, I bet they were overcome with shame and guilt about losing their son in the city. But years later, after watching Jesus, his life and his ministry, 
I wonder how their perspective changed with the passing of time. As I reflected on this story, I wonder if Mary happened to be a direct source for Luke when he started to gather materials for the stories he would share of Jesus. I can picture him sharing and visiting with Mary as a widow after her children had grown. He sits with her in Nazareth, and he listens as she shares the stories she had come to treasure up in her heart. I invite you all to imagine with me today, sitting here with Luke, sitting and listening to Mary's stories of raising Jesus, the Christ. I imagine her telling of this story might sound something like this. I remember this one time we went to celebrate the Passover in Jerusalem and we left Jesus behind for three days by himself. Joseph was expected to make the pilgrimage to Jerusalem each year for Passover. The year Jesus was 12, he didn't have to go, but he insisted on making the trip. It's a four to five day trek depending on the caravan size and I always enjoyed walking with our family and catching up along the way. It was like any other Passover we observed. And when Joseph and I were ready to leave for Jerusalem, I thought Jesus was too. I thought he must have slipped away after packing up his things, and Joseph thought I must have been keeping track of him. Funny how we assumed the other one knew where he was. Jesus told me years later it was on purpose, but the reason why, I can't remember. Anyways, after a day of travel, we expected Jesus to join us for dinner. That was all the expect, always the expectation when we traveled. You better be here when we sit down to eat dinner. But that night, he didn't come and sit with us. It was then that we started to think something was wrong. We couldn't make our way back to Jerusalem until early the next morning, and I'll never forget the looks of the people we passed on the road as they pieced together, together what we were dreaming of or thinking of in our nightmares, that something had happened. Either we had mixed up our calendar and we were not on the right week, or, and that we had missed Passover, or we left something behind. Here we are looking for the Christ child. I'm feeling terrified, especially the thought of something happening to him. I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, how could I lose the Son of God? This really would be a great time for Gabriel to pay a visit. It felt like it took us three days to search for him. And where is he after all this time? Right where he left him, in the temple. Mm. I can still picture seeing him sitting there with all the different teachers of the law, and he's just not listening to him. They are listening to him. He was sharing his answers and asking his own questions. I never would have expected that. And with joy and relief, but also hurt and frustration, I called out to him, Jesus, where have you been? Don't you know your father and I have been looking all over Jerusalem? And what were you doing? But before I could finish, he cut me off, as only he could, in a way that makes more sense to me now than it did then. For he said, why were you searching for me? 
didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? I found Eugene Peterson to share a unique perspective in the message at this moment where Mary and Joseph find Jesus. He writes, The next day they found him in the temple, seated among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. The teachers were all quite taken with him, impressed with his sharpness of his answers. But his parents, they were not impressed. They were upset and hurt. In the last two years, have you been unimpressed with Jesus? In the last two years, have you been upset with Jesus? In the last two years, have you been hurt by Jesus? Have you paused and observed anything different about your relationship with God? Because of COVID-19, we've experienced the death of family, friends, and coworkers. We've had relationships fall to the wayside and privileges and traditions that we've come to expect as a part of our common experience as American adolescents, college life, or even retirement have been interrupted or totally canceled. Holidays, birthdays, trips, vacations, and worship, we've all experienced their postponement their cancellation, and their diminished value. And through these experiences, have we become upset and hurt and unimpressed with Jesus? In the summer of 2020, our city and our country were awakened to the hibernating giant of social inequality and racial disparity. And this year, the repercussions of this reality have played out in the public trials of Kyle Rittenhouse, Derek Chauvin, and the three men who murdered Ahmaud Arbery. Through this awakening, have we become hurt and upset and unimpressed with Jesus? Is this a scary thing to admit to ourselves? Yes, but hear the good news of the gospel today. You see, all the things that I've just listed in my questions above are not causes of our feeling upset. They're not causes of leading us to being upset and hurt and unimpressed, but they are symptoms. Symptoms of losing things even greater. Losing our sense of belonging, identity, and purpose. Our roles as citizens, as neighbors, as students, colleagues, children, parents, and grandparents, they've all been challenged. And whether we faced it or not, we are reckoning with who we are and which of our identities, which of our identifiers is going to win out day to day. And when our foundation of who we are gets rocked, when we don't know who to be or our ideas of what to do begin to meander And when we don't know who we are or what to do, we begin to lose what it feels like to belong. And all of these things begin to slip away. And when that happens, what have you grasped at? What truth have you squeezed onto so tight in order to make it through to the next day? 
see everything that we have faced together and faced personally since March 2020 has touched us at our cores. And it's when we can accept that it's our belonging, our identity, and our purpose that have been challenged that we can accept that we have misplaced our relationship with Jesus. You see, when Jesus answered his mother's question, he doesn't get defensive and he doesn't apologize. He speaks directly to her. Why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? I think a better rendering of that phrase today is, didn't you know that I would be getting on with my father's work? See, Jesus is answering from his understanding of his identity and his purpose. And through a clear identity and through a clear purpose, Jesus is clear on where he belongs. I'll say that again. Jesus is answering from an understanding of his identity and purpose as the Son of God, declaring that he knows where he belongs, and that is in the presence of God the Father and in the presence of the people of God. Are we clear on who we are? Are we clear on our purpose? And do we carry a sense of belonging daily? If we go searching for these things, identity, purpose, belonging, what might we find? And where might we find Jesus along this journey? If we keep reading the story that Luke tells, we find that Jesus eats with sinners and with tax collectors. He calls everyday people like fishermen to follow him. He calms storms. He feeds thousands. He heals unclean lepers. His actions, always unexpected. And at the end of the story, when he's been pronounced dead and laid in a tomb, and there's Roman soldiers guarding his body, you'd expect to find him there forever. But Mary, mother of Jesus and the other women, went to the tomb to embalm the body, and there again they found the unexpected. When we have distanced ourselves from this hurt and this pain through time, I wonder what stories we will have to share of where Jesus really was during all this time. Right now, it may be too soon. But while the story is still being written, keep searching for Jesus. You just might find him where you least expect him. Lord, may the only thing that we expect of you be love in unexpected ways. Amen.